They were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning, my friends. We're moving on today in our study of Acts chapter 5, and we're going to be looking at verses 33 through 42. We're going to finish the chapter, and this will finish out uh, the apostles' interrogation in front of the religious council and their leaders. Um, And today, uh, a surprise hero comes to their aid by advocating a course of action that uh, winds up leading to the release of the apostles. Uh, But before we get into the text, let's go before the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. We thank you for your word as always. And we ask, Lord God, that you would tune us into the sound of your voice that we might hear what you have for us and that you might use uh, what you're teaching us through your word to the benefit of our growth in grace. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Here's Acts 5, 33 through 42. And when they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you're about to do with these men. For before these days, Thutis rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He, too, perished. And all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice. And when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. Now you know that Peter and John, the other apostles, uh, have been facing this uh, strong intimidation from the Jewish religious leaders Uh, who were opposing them. Uh, Routinely, they were being told not to speak and teach and preach in the name of Jesus or do healings or perform signs and wonders. They're basically being told, shut it down, guys. We're watching you. We don't like what you're doing. You're troubling the waters. You're stirring people up. And uh, we want you to stop, cease and desist. Uh, You are no longer allowed to do this. They've been jailed. They've been put in front of the council. They've been interrogated. They've uh, had numerous attempts to intimidate and shut them down. And yet they continue faithfully uh, to preach and teach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, In this section, uh, 533 through 42, one of the religious leaders, Gamaliel, I'm not sure it's the same Gamaliel who was a, uh, a mentor to the Apostle Paul when he was uh, coming up as a young boy and being raised in the 
and the uh, ways of uh, the Jewish faith. Um, but Gamaliel plays into Paul's story. If this is the same Gamaliel, it's not surprising that he would be the one to stand and have the wisdom to see that what might be happening here is bigger than any of them. This might be the movement of God, and if it's the movement of God, there's nothing that the religious council can do to stop it. If it's a human movement, then it will fail, it will dissipate, it will fall away, just like all these others he brings up. Um, And so he challenges them to hands off, leave these guys be, and let's let this thing dissipate on its own. But if it's of God, you might be found opposing God, and no one wants to be in that position. Um, But in taking his advice, they continue with their intimidation tactics. They have the apostles beaten and then once again charge them not to speak in the name of Jesus, and then they release them. Uh, Here's what the apostles do in response to all of this, verse 41. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of for the name of Jesus. Um, James later says in uh, his wonderful little book, uh, count it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials and tribulations of many kinds. The first century church understood that part of identifying with Jesus, part of identifying as a sincere follower of Christ meant embracing his sufferings. And they're rejoicing in verse 41 because they were found worthy to suffer dishonor for the name of Jesus. They're being beaten. They're being intimidated. They're being arrested. They're being tried and interrogated in all of this for the name of Jesus. And they see that as an honor, an honor to suffer dishonor, (laughs) worldly dishonor for the name of Jesus. You know, the reality is if you're serious about your faith, at the very least, you will suffer worldly dishonor for the name of Jesus. Now, we live in an era, and we have for quite some time, with the protections of Western uh, legal systems and the rule of law. Um, Our religious practice, our ability to practice our faith uh, in freedom has been protected for, at least in the United States, many hundreds of years. And... Um, We enjoy the legal protection to practice and share our faith. I think there is a day coming when those protections will weaken, where sharing faith could begin to be viewed as hate speech, could have legal um, limitations on the sharing of faith publicly. I see those days coming even in our culture. The ability to practice faith may not go away, but the ability to share it, I think, is something that may be up for grabs in this culture sometime soon. And so while we may suffer the dishonor of identifying with Jesus, being made fun of, picked on, chided, called silly, stupid, whatever, uh, we may not, we have not yet experienced the deep, deep suffering that people in places where uh, routine persecution of Christians is happening all the time. But that day could come. Uh, We continue in verse 42. This is also part of their response to what had happened. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that the Christ is Jesus. (laughs) 
they had boldness. Uh, there was nothing these people could do to keep the apostles from sharing their love for Jesus and their faith in Jesus. And they continued on with the mission of Christ given to them right before Jesus left in the end of Matthew in 28, when he said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. They were faithful to that mission, and they did so with joy. And they saw it as an honor uh, to identify uh, publicly in the most uh, vivid way possible as Jesus' followers. Are you public with your faith? Are you happy to be identified as a Jesus follower in the public sphere, regardless of what it costs you? I hope you are. And I hope that you sense that the Lord will stand behind you for your boldness in uh, expressing and standing for your faith. All right, my friends, thanks for taking time out of your day to study. I pray these words of encouragement, and I pray that God blesses you as you continue to consider them today.